If you're here in Medjugorje right now, or if you're watching this Mass through our live stream, but you know something about Medjugorje, you've probably heard about the Ten Secrets of Medjugorje. Have you all at least heard of the Ten Secrets of Medjugorje? Okay, so you know about the Ten Secrets of Medjugorje, but have you also heard about the Three Secrets of Fatima? Oh, I see many of you nodding your head yes, very good. Do you, you remember specifically what the Three Secrets of Fatima were? The first secret of Fatima was the vision of hell that Mary gave the children on July 13th, 1917. The second secret of Fatima was Mary's prediction that World War I would end, but that a greater war would break out if mankind didn't repent and turn from its evil ways. And the third secret of Fatima was a vision that the children had of a bishop dressed in white, climbing a steep mountain that had a cross on the top of it. And when the bishop in white got to the top of the mountain, he was killed by a group of soldiers who shot at him with bullets and arrows. Now, most people today believe that the third secret of Fatima was a reference to the assassination attempt on Pope John Paul II in 1981. Pope John Paul II was a bishop in white, and he got shot on the hill called Vatican Hill in Rome on the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima, May 13th, 1981. But some people ask the question, why in the vision in the third secret did the bishop in white die, but in real life in 1981, John Paul II survived? It's a legitimate question. And people sometimes wonder if the third secret of Fatima comes really from Mary, and if it really refers to the assassination attempt on Pope John Paul II, why the discrepancy in the ending of the story? Well, in the year 2000, when the Vatican finally revealed the third secret of Fatima, Cardinal Ratzinger, who you all know became Pope Benedict XVI, published a theological commentary to go along with the third secret of Fatima. Listen to what he says about that discrepancy. He says, the future is not unchangeably set. And the image which the children saw is in no way a film preview of a future in which nothing can be changed. The purpose of the vision is not to show a film of a fixed future. It is meant to mobilize the forces of change in the right direction. So what Cardinal Ratzinger is saying is the future isn't fixed in stone. It can be changed by the choices we make in the present. So even if those three beautiful children at Fatima saw a bishop in white who died in the future, that wasn't fixed in stone, and it was changed by the prayers and penance of all the people leading up to 1981, and Pope John Paul II ended up not dying, but surviving. The future isn't fixed in stone. It can be changed by our choices in the present. God already knows what's going to happen in the future because God's outside of time, but the future isn't pre-written. At this very moment, we are writing the chapters of the future of the world by the choices we make in the present. Why do I make that point today? Well, in today's first reading, 
we have the story of Jonah preaching repentance to the Ninevites. You all remember Jonah, don't you? He's the prophet who spends three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, or the big fish, and this big fish spits him out on shore. He goes to Nineveh and he preaches repentance to the Ninevites. Now we don't know what it was that the Ninevites were doing that was so bad, but we do know that whatever it was that they were doing was so evil that God says, if you don't change your ways, I'm gonna destroy you in 40 days. And Jonah tells them that. And what do the Ninevites do? They actually listen to him. They put on sackcloth, they fast, they change their ways, and because of their repentance, God spares them. The Bible says, when God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The Ninevites were able to change their future by choices they made in the present. Now let's bring it closer to home for all of us who are devoted to Medjugorje. We see this happening with the seventh secret of Medjugorje. In 1982, Mirjana was entrusted with the seventh secret in her family's apartment in Sarajevo. And Mirjana said when she got that secret, she was deeply distressed by what she saw. She never said what it was, it's a secret, but she said she was deeply distressed by what she saw, so much so that she even asked our Blessed Mother if the seventh secret could be lessened in its severity. And the only thing Mary said back was pray. But Mirjana took that as a sign that the secret could be lessened in its severity. So Mirjana rallied her family members, her friends, priests, and nuns, and they got to work praying and fasting for that seventh secret. And eight months later, Mary appeared to Mirjana, and she told Mirjana that thanks to the prayers and fasting of that group of people, the seventh secret had been mollified. It had been softened in its intensity. A little group of people praying and fasting in 1982 was able to change the future of the world for everybody else. The future is not set in stone. It can be changed by our choices in the present. How many of you have children? How many of you have grandchildren? Do any of you have great-grandchildren? Okay, three of you, very good. I'm, let me ask you this. Uh, those of you who have children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren, do you wish for a good future for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren? Do you wish for them to live in a good world? And I'm sure that even if you haven't met them yet, you also wish that for your great-great-grandchildren and your great-great-great-grandchildren. Well, the good news that I want to communicate to all of you today, listen closely, is that you are not powerless over the future. You have the power to change the future for future generations, no matter how insignificant and unimportant you feel. How do we do it, everybody? We do it by putting God first in our lives. We do it through prayer. And I mean serious prayer. Not just saying grace before meals and an Our Father and a Hail Mary before bed. Serious prayer. That means a couple hours every day. We do it through penance. Accepting the penances God sends to us and voluntarily taking on other penances like fasting. And we do it by being true Catholics. That means believing in and living all the teachings of the Catholic Church without exception, even when we're sorely tempted not to, even when people mock us or tease us or tell us that we live in the Middle Ages because we do it. 
by being true, radical Catholics, even if nobody else is. When we put God first in our lives, when we pray seriously, when we do penance, and when we believe and live all the teachings of our church, we can actually change the course of history in such a way that even if people don't acknowledge it, everybody will see it in heaven. On January 25th, 1997, Our Lady reportedly said this at Medjugorje. Dear children, I invite you to reflect about your future. You are creating a new world without God, only with your own strength, and that is why you are unsatisfied and without joy in the heart. This time is my time, and that is why, little children, I invite you again to pray. When you find unity with God, you will feel hunger for the word of God, and your heart, little children, will overflow with joy. You will witness God's love wherever you are. I bless you, and I repeat to you that I am with you to help you. Thank you for having responded to my call. My friends, if you remember nothing else from this Mass but one thing, remember this. The future is not fixed in stone. We have the power to change it by our choices in the present. What will you do to make sure that the future, your children and your children's children and your children's children's children is a better place, a better world than the one we live in today?